0: Welcome, this talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org.
1: So welcome everyone, happy Easter. So we're going to chat today about, I think what I termed reawakening. I think since we're all here today and not at church we're not exactly probably devout Christians (laughs) looking to look at Easter in the in the more more traditional way but symbolically uh, the resurrection the resurrection of Jesus and uh, that whole process of transformation uh, the, the death on the cross the crucifixion and then and then this resurrection symbolically for our spiritual awakening this is a very powerful a very powerful message for us and so that's how we're going to look at it today and first looking at the this this concept of of death, uh, in a very real, a very real way, on our spiritual path, we must come through, come to uh, a, this this death process. I remember a good friend of mine who has done years worth of, of retreat. He was in retreat and kept going deep enough in his meditation where he came face to face with this this something that if he went any further he thought that he would die and so he went to his teachers Tibetan Lama and he said you know I'm getting to this place and on the other side of this I feel like I'm gonna die and the Lama looked at him and he says you have to die <laughs> you have to die and, and, of course, it's not like you know this, this physical death, but it's this death of the small self. It's this death of the belief and concept of what we think that we are. If we're going to move into infinite, infinite potentiality, there's obviously something that we need to let go of. And if we look in Buddhism, of you know, no self. right? So this is the death of self. To get to no self, there has to be a death of self. And so, this symbolically of this uh, story of of Jesus on the cross, and and taking taking on all of the sins, you know, in Christianity, taking on the sins of humanity. This is symbolic of of looking at coming face to face with our own beliefs about ourselves, the unwholesome, and then. Having faith enough that we are something greater, that we are something beyond that, and being able to surrender to that. And I think it's interesting physiologically in deep meditation, meditative absorption, there's something called pratahara. And this is, pratahara is, feels much like a physical death. You know, Yogananda, I don't know if any of you are familiar with Yogananda's teachings, he would say this all the time. In, in in teaching his form of meditation, Kriya Yoga, stop the heart and go beyond. He would say, stop the heart and go beyond. Well, so this is because when we're in deep meditation, the the blood is actually oxygenated through the breath, the breath of life, this Kundalini going up and down the spine, which, which is stimulated through all forms of meditation, it starts to oxygenate the blood, and one by one, our senses start to fade away. And because the blood is so um, oxygenated, the, the heart no longer needs to beat. And so we literally stop the heart and go beyond. It's like this, these sensory deprivation tanks that you guys heard of. Well, the body has its own sensory deprivation tank you know, through, through meditation. We could actually sit in meditation and those senses start to blink away. And again, too, it could feel like this, this death process. There is something around that, that time in our practice that has to be at the forefront of, of this experience. So we could be drawn up to that, in, into that space. We could be drawn into that space to what we call wisdom mind. We could do so... Through meditation techniques, and we can get to this real still point of, of beingness and existence. But the only thing that can move us beyond that, to have the courage to go beyond that, so let's say with my friend saying, you know, you have to die. This, this, we. To move beyond that, we have to have the heart. This is when the heart has to be fully and completely present. We can only go through that door with the heart. And this is why devotion and trust is stressed in spiritual teachings. Devotion to our teachers, our teachings, but most importantly, devotion to ourselves, devotion to the divine within and the trust in ourselves that we could actually we could actually be something beautiful and something amazing and when we look at the the crucifixion we look at Jesus on the cross i think this is epitomized so powerfully and so directly so he's sitting there he's being nailed to the cross to the cross and he says Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And this is this is symbolic for one of His accepting of this, you know, being met with this death pro death process, and then overcoming that with with this love. And it's just very, very beautiful, very amazing. And Jesus said, "Love." Uh, love your neighbors as you love yourself. You know, but this is an otherworldly type of love. I mean, we think about that phrase and we think about when he's, you know, looking and saying, Father, forgive me for, for they know not what they do. This is, this is a great love. This is a very powerful love. If we, if we look at our neighbors and say, you know, I'm going to love my, my neighbor as I do myself, but we don't love ourselves so if, if somebody doesn't love themselves very much, it's quite easy <laughs> to love thy neighbor like they love themselves, which is maybe not very much, right? So when Jesus is saying this, it's, it's not love thy neighbor like you love yourself. It's like love your neighbor like you love yourself, like you love the divine within, like you love your God-self like you as an enlightened being self. This is how we must love one another. This is what we mean when we say namaste, right? The divinity within me salutes the divinity within you. But to really love somebody unconditionally like this, we must love ourselves unconditionally like, unconditionally like that. So for Jesus to say that on the cross, that he sees the divine within them, as, he, as they're nailing him to the cross, he knows that they are the same divinity that he is. He said the Father and I are one. And he knows that, the, that they are one as well. And so this is what we need to know. And of course this is in you know, the process of enlightenment actually coming face to face with that. But it's only through this this powerful love that we can do it. This powerful love that could take us to the point of this complete surrender and this complete rebirth, if you will. I'm just going to read a little something from Thich Nhat Hanh. When we understand and practice deeply the life and teachings of Buddha, or the life and teachings of Jesus, we penetrate the door and enter the abode of the living Buddha and the living Christ, and the life eternal presents itself to us. So this, this resurrection in our spiritual life is when the teachings are no longer... Out there, they're no longer teachings that we're just hearing on the external. They're not. Con- they're not conceptual. They're no longer just in the realm of beliefs, but this resurrection is when they land in our own hearts. And this is what he's saying here: the life eternal presents itself to us. This this idea of of living. Buddhism, living Christ teachings, this is when they're ours, when they become ours. This is when there is is a knowing (coughs) that this is true with us, within our own self. That we could actually live it and breathe it in our own way. This is like the rebirth and they they talk about, um, in some traditions, an, an actual immaculate conception this is when, when two divine forces, the male and female um, energies actually meet in the heart, in our central channel, in, the, in our interdimensional channel of the chakra systems. You know? They actually meet these spinning vortexes clairvoyantly. You know? And this is actually a happening where there's a spiritual embryo created. When we awaken to something, there is a, there is a rebirth in a way. And maybe you have felt this. Sometimes it's it's an epiphany of sorts. It's when you, a teacher says something, it's or you read something, and it, it's that something that all of a sudden you're on a path. You didn't know that you were not even off of a path, but all of a sudden you're on it. So this is this is our own rebirth, and this is really just the beginning. That we need to really water the seeds of this of this new something that's happening. So this process I find is very, very important conceptually to look at and to really and really feel it in our own practice of what are we we resisting that may be stopping us from that full surrender? You know, from that full unconditional love. You know, can we be hung on the cross and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This is beautiful bodhisattva practices called the 37 uh, verses of the bodhisattva. And the bodhisattva is a being that returns uh, back to earth, even though they're perfected, being like a like a Christ or a Jesus, just for the or a Christ or a Buddha, just for the benefit of others, right. And in these verses they say similar things where if somebody does harm to me may I may I think of them in, as my holy teacher you know so can we have that can we embody that and can we meet our own sins can we meet them with unconditional love just like Jesus did and if so you know if that happens then can we go into that, that death state? Can we, can we trust and let go into beingness? So what's this look like moment to moment in our practice? It's very simple. Like The death of us is the the death of our beliefs. One belief, one concept at a time. What am I without this thought? What am I without this one limiting belief? This is really death when we're not grasping onto self, right? When we're not grasping onto I am. I am this, I am that. When we're totally and completely free. You know, but free doesn't mean that we're not something anymore, right? And this is very scary. Can we let go into that long enough where we really feel like we're not anymore and trust that in that nothingness we become something? Can we let go long enough of what we think we are to become what we truly are? can we trust love enough and so unconditionally that it's going to overwhelm everything that we thought we know. You know this could be a very scary place to be standing on the firm ground of emptiness <laughs> of, of of nothingness And another something this is just shifting gears a little bit but I think it's interesting when we talk about the different aspects of of Buddha nature or Buddha mind enlightened mind that that after Jesus uh, resurrected uh, fifty days afterwards uh, was the was uh, the introduction or the, I' just say the the manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit so Christ said that when I go um, and I'm with my father then I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and so now we have the father the son and the Holy Spirit and this is interesting in the different aspects of of the enlightened mind I was listening to a um, a professor at Biola University, it's a Christian university, and he was speaking on mindfulness. And he said, in his opinion, mindfulness is the Holy Spirit. Mindfulness is that awakeness, that awareness, that that allows us to enter into the current of goodness and brings us into these more positive states of mind. And in in Buddhism, we have the three kayas we have the dharmakaya the nirmanakaya and the sambhogakaya and these are like the holy trinity in Christianity you know we have the dharmakaya which is like well, let me actually read you the more traditional um, sayings if I printed them yeah so the dharmakaya or truth body, which embodies the very principle of enlightenment and knows no limits or boundaries. This is the Dharmakaya. And so if we look at Christianity, which this would be like the Holy Spirit, be this consciousness that's available, but uh, formless. And then the Sambhogakaya, this is the body of mutual enjoyment. They actually call this the bliss body. Oh yeah, it says here, which is body or bliss or clear light manifestation. So this would be in the Holy Tr- Trinity, this would be God. This would be like a God form. It has, still has a form, but it's very etheric, and it's a bliss body. And then the mnemonikai, or created body, which manifests in time and space. So this would be Jesus. This would be the Son of God. And you could see that, uh, well, they teach this in Christianity, it's all It's all one. It's all God manifested, the Holy Spirit and and. And, and Christ and, and God. And so we could, we could see this in our own, um, in our own path. These, these realizations that we're getting and that we're actually uh, recognizing, these experiences, are the divine yet in different subtle um, uh, manifestations. And so when we actually embody these teachings in the physical form, and then we can move into meditation and start to feel this manifestation in, in a different, more subtle form. This is like the tether that takes us, this is like a, you know, following the kite string, if you will. So we, we talk about coming into mindfulness, like the Holy Spirit of, of mindfulness, aware, awareness, wakefulness. It's right here. It's right now and we could follow this our own awareness back into the infinite one one like layer if you will at a time right and so we could trust in this this same awareness which is here is the same awareness of enlightenment this is buddha nature this is christ consciousness it's all it's right here it's right here you know but if we listen to the saints and sages it's in gross form it's in this it's uh thicker, if you will, right You know, this is what's beautiful about the love piece that I've, this is personal is that is that love is is so subtle but accessible right where we are. you know it's It's indescribable. We say how 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 do you describe falling in love? we can't describe it. But we all know it, you know, we all know it. We all know love. and So it's this very um, powerful tool that we could use to take into the depths of our spiritual practice all along the journey. Where other pieces of our practice, if we take generosity, kindness, like so many different aspects, or trust, you know, wisdom, mind. They might have a lot of different layers that maybe look a lot different. But like in Buddhism, they have these um, levels of awareness, these really subtle layers called the jhanas. And the first jhana is simple simply the feeling of love in your heart. This is a this is a deep state. Just just feeling that. Just this. And it's that same love can grow to the point of. You know, forgiving something somebody as they nail you to a cross. This is it. This is the same like the love that we feel, it's the same love that Jesus felt, same exact love. You know, that we have right here. So I hope that kind of makes a little bit of sense on some level. I don't know. kind of a more, little more difficult than usual looking at as something from a different faith but that has a lot of meaning you know for our our spiritual path and and so i just want to do a meditation with us now <coughs> kind of just looking at any other obstacles that we have that may be limiting us in our ability to love ourselves, to surrender, to to love another as we love ourselves. We just kind of look into this. just starting off give yourself permission just to be so you don't need to meditate you don't need to think about anything you don't need to not think about anything just throwing out the notion of right and wrong Just simply accept yourself here in the moment and allow yourself to be as you are. And then notice that there is something noticing. This part of you that knows that you're alive, that you're breathing. This part of you that could look at your thoughts, become aware of emotion. And so this is your refuge, your abode, this watcher, this witness. Notice that everything arises, stays a little while, and then fades away. Except for this witness, this neutral observer, this awareness. So maybe allow to come to mind any of the limiting beliefs you may have about yourself. The inner critic, maybe the little voice that says you can't, or you won't, that you're not good enough. And notice that there's a part of you that is looking at those thoughts, that you are not those thoughts. allowing that to arise but looking at those thoughts with non-judgmental awareness, not good, not bad, and with a flavor of kindness, allowing them to come and go. And before we can forgive anybody else for any harm that they do to us, we have to be able to forgive ourselves for the harm that we do to ourselves with this negative self-talk, these limiting beliefs. So allow some kindness and compassion to arise even more so And notice that you don't know where these thoughts come from. They arise on their own. So just forgive yourself for having these thoughts and maybe acting upon them. There are times when we know not what we do. And then just to prove to ourselves that we're more than this, we're more than our beliefs and concepts, just ask yourself a simple question. What am I without my thoughts? Experience this answer. this experience of what am I without my thoughts, I can still notice things like a body and a mind. But this awareness, where does it begin? Where does it end? Feel this. Does it have an age or a gender? What am I without my thoughts? See if you can connect with love in this space. See if you can go a bit deeper. Surrender more to this. You do not need your thinking mind here. So what are you without your thoughts? Did anyone notice the mind thinking about it? You might have a moment of looking, what am I without my thoughts? and then the thoughts will tell you about what you just saw (laughs) and try to describe it and use for the next few minutes. Did everyone have that experience? Yeah. So, this is the doorway to death. That something that wants to think it knows is a self trying to create itself. Mm-hmm. But you could experience in a moment, it might only be for a moment, that you are something without your thoughts. And there's nothing more, there's nothing that needs to be done after that recognition. That's it. And it's so simple that the mind says, now we have to tell off myself about it (laughs) and this ego this self it doesn't mind changing it doesn't mind shifting around it doesn't mind becoming like more spiritual or having you know going from one place to another but it doesn't like being annihilated right at all And this annihilation is what we're looking for. It's the sustained awareness of awareness. This is Dharmakaya. This is Dharmakaya. This is not the formless, you see. And we know that there's emptiness and form and form and emptiness. So we know there's emptiness here. Right? Because everything is just labeled such. There's no anything in anything we can see that conceptually there's no clock in the clock there's no clock in the clock there's no one thing in this clock that if i remove is going to make it not a clock right it's just it's just dependent arising because all the things come together and it functions like a clock so we say it's a clock but in and of itself it's not a clock it's just labeled a clock we give it to an aborigine, they would not say this is a clock. Right? It's our, it's our mind, we labeled it such. Quantum physics knows it's just energy, it's not a clock. Right? So we know that emptiness is in form, and form is in emptiness. So these are the different kaya's. So we also know that in the very moment that we could look at a thought, right? If we're looking at a thought, we're not the thought. And what and so then if we turn back in, then what are we? What am I without this thought? This is the experience of what is. And it's only then that we could actually know that if I'm not if I'm not me, then I'm you. And this is the only way that we could love like Jesus loved on the cross, like that. Because then, then we can know that I am not my collections of beliefs or concepts, and neither are you. And that when I removed myself from that, I noticed what I really was. I really was this love. And that must be what everybody else is too. So we're not done. What else did anybody uh have any comments <laughs> or insights from that meditation?
0: I I noticed my attachment to my thoughts. I noticed mm. that my identification. Mm, but, oh. <laughs> oh, but I like those thoughts, you know, yeah. No, I like them. I also noticed um, you know that I'm I'm, ha- I'm experiencing my heart open and and I, and uh, some kind of bliss feeling in my belly right now. Mm-hmm. So what you said something about the bliss body what is that what I'm experiencing or is, what is that is that are we still that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like we're all of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we're even the the Mm-hmm. The physical body, mm-hmm. right? But it, you know, truth in all of its forms. So yeah, there's That's a forms too. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a duality, until we recognize there's no duality. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's relative truth and ultimate truth, and then ultimately, like, wow, well, all is. So this is same. everybody's heart. Yeah. Basically. but this is what we call an unfathomable. Like the mind cannot fathom this. So we have to throw it away because it cannot comprehend it. Go ahead.
0: I hear this frustration. Uh-huh. Uh, frustration at, I guess, the freedom mm-hmm. to let go. Um, because as I try to let go of my thoughts, like it's like my thoughts were telling me to let go of my thoughts. hmm and it was frustrating to feel like there wasn't anything palpable. Mm-hmm. So that was very uh, challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at some point, where I thought I had a, I thought I had mm-hmm. a breakthrough. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I guess I felt that if I let go of my thoughts, that I. All there was like was like a gigantic hug, mm. um, and then I thought, but maybe I'm thinking that because I'm thinking about love, like and so it mm-hmm.
1: was kind of hard. It was like, oh. mm-hmm. That's thank you. And so this is very common, like the dialogue, and it's all okay, and and we could, and we could always um, keep it. We could stay right where we need to be because we could just watch all those thoughts arise. It's just another thought arising, right? So don't judge the judging. So this inner dialogue could be going, but that's just something else to watch. So you say, I'm still that which is watching that thought. You know, you're still noticing. You're noticing those thoughts. You are noticing thought, right? So whether those thoughts are, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Am I thinking? See, that's just a thought. But that which is recognizes, you're still recognizing. So it's still totally fine. As opposed to, we get lost in thought. Right? All day long. We get lost in thought. And then we don't even know that we're lost in thought or thinking or, or if we're driving or not. So just that recognition that you even knew what you were thinking of. Like, even that. that there's that which is looking. So we're still spacious and free, thought arising, thought arising emotion arising emotion arising in belly see it's all there's still a witness we're still free they could, thoughts can go a million miles an hour they could be all sorts of kinds we can still be free it's just thought arising frustration arising because thoughts are arising it's still okay
2: Sometimes you know it's a moment of pure awareness, and then it might be just a split second, and then there's this craving that just wants it more of it, and then that's where I have some difficulty. Like I lose myself in that craving mm-hmm. or enjoying it even, and mm-hmm. like, oh, am I supposed to enjoy? It? And then I'm back into the mind kind
1: of thing. That's conflict sometimes like yeah ozone. craving arising but just observe the
2: craving too like, yeah and it's also like tempting to go into it and takes i feel
1: like discipline to just stay mm-hmm. know, craving yeah. <laughs> yeah craving arising thoughts arising like with the craving so like as we go through a meditation absorption and move into more and more bliss to go to the next next stage we had to let go of that former bliss because that which we're looking at can never be real because it's all temporary we are that which is looking that which is looking is permanent so everything else is mental states there's infinite mental states and some are very 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 beautiful yet we could attach ourselves to that like that's it oh this is bliss right but i'm that which is looking at bliss
2: and then even if it comes and you're oh, it's, it's really beautiful to be in this state. Yeah. And then the guilt that comes too. Right. And the feeling, oh, but it's not really thinking. It's like just a feeling of guilt. Like,
1: I'm not supposed to stay too long in this. You know, like, right, right. Guilt arising. Yeah, yeah. You see, all the same. It's just looking, you know, but this is the death. This is really, really, this is, this is it though. When we say this conceptually, like, the self must die. But see, all of this creation of self, all of this, now I feel this, now I feel that, now I feel this, you know? But if you could really let go, it takes, it takes a tremendous amount of courage to not be, but be. So it's not to be what you think you are, but to be, right? Right? And along the way, he's like, oh, I got it. Now you lost it. <laughs> because the way you got it was not trying to get it. You know, you already are what you're seeking. You're it. And then as soon as you say, I got it, gone. Right, there's a knife. As soon as there's a meditator, you're over. Right? It's still there, it's... As long as there's a subject-object, there's an experience and an experiencer. How could you, you're experiencing yourself, there's no experiencer. If you really look at when phenomena actually comes into the awareness, and where does it meet with you? Where does phenomena and you intermingle? And where's the separateness? We think everything is outside, like you think you're hearing my voice. My voice is not outside, where are you hearing my voice? Inside.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where you seeing everything? Inside. Right? If you're colorblind, your mind is going to see everything different than my mind because it's my mind. Right? It's, a inner, it's all an inner experience. Right? And it's all, it's all placed upon consciousness. Right? So we have to trust in this is it. You know? This is it, this is it, but this is all it, it. so to, to trust in that, to transcend that, so that which is looking, that's rising. Anybody else?
2: I seem to notice that when thoughts got out of the way, a lot of the thoughts are judgments. When the thoughts and the judgment got out of the way, there was just the spring of a feeling of generosity. The love and the generosity.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. But it was just (laughs) a (laughs) thought.
1: Thank you. So we'll just end with a a little reading of the Meta Sutta. To reach the state of peace, those skilled in the good should be capable and upright, straightforward and easy to speak to, gentle and not proud, contented and easily supported, living lightly and with few duties, wise and with senses calmed, Not arrogant and without greed for supporters. And they should not do the least thing that the wise would criticize. They should reflect. May all be happy and secure. May all beings be happy at heart. All living beings, whether weak or strong, tall, large, medium or short, tiny or big, seen or unseen, near or distant, Born or to be born, may they all be happy. Let no one deceive another or despise anyone anywhere. Let no one, through anger or aversion, wish for others to suffer. As a mother would risk her own life to protect her child, her only child, so toward all beings should one cultivate a boundless heart. With loving kindness for the whole world should one cultivate a boundless heart above, below, and all around, without obstruction, without hate, and without ill will, standing or walking, sitting or lying down, as long as one is alert, may one stay with this recollection. you all very much for coming.
0: You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.